gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is Tuesday, July 16th. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly here. It's the 16th. Already. It is. Man, it seems like it seems like Fourth of July just was uh a couple days ago. <laughs> it really does. This is episode number 20. Yeah. So uh, we'll get more into that. And uh, we decided to make it listener's choice. So we got two great suggestions and we'll right. get into that a little bit. But we've taken a, almost a week and a half off from the Horror yeah. For You podcast only because of the fact that we have so much going on. Andy was out of town. Uh, I had this big festival here in Wisconsin called the Hodag. Uh, I, I do work for a country station, so we were out there. So if my throat sounds a little little rough right now, it's because I just spent six days of talking to people. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, but, uh, you're, you sound a lot better than you did even yesterday. I was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was, it was rough for yesterday for sure. Must have had a lozenge or something, huh? because uh, you sound a lot better today, John. Well, that's a good thing. Oh, uh, <laughs> man, we got a ho- lot of horror movie news. Yeah, actually, we do. Uh, horror movie news. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is confirmed to be the new Chris Rock, uh, to be in the new Chris Rock inspired Saw movie. He's going to play Chris Rock's dad. Nice. So uh, Rock is playing a police detective who investigates you can imagine what kind of crimes. So, Jigsaw. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's uh, that's coming out uh, soon, and Samuel Jackson is confirmed to be, and that was just a rumor a little while ago. That just made me a lot happier. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of Samuel L. Jackson, so him being a part of the movie, I think, gives a lot of credibility. This uh, looks kind of interesting to me too, and I haven't. I was not excited when I heard there was a new Saw movie coming out until uh, I heard the backstory behind it involving Chris Rock. So it should be interesting. I hope so. uh, full trailer for Rob Zombie's Three from Hell is out this week. Trailer was a follow-up to the 2005 film Devil's Rejects and uh, continues the very Manson family-inspired visuals of the previous two films. Uh, Rob Zombie's kind of into that, I know, even in his music. Uh, Firefly Family continues to be played by Sid Hag, Bill Mosley, and Zombie's wife, Sherry Moon. And I also noticed a, uh, there was a little glimpse of Danny Trejo in the trailer. I love that. I saw the whole thing. Am I a bad co-host that I didn't actually see the <laughs> you trailer? You watch the whole trailer? I didn't no. watch it. Hey, we've been really busy, so we're <laughs> lucky to even watch these the, the movies we're going to talk about today. I had to finish the uh, finish uh, Cabin in the Woods uh, at lunchtime today. So Sweet. Um, uh, new Doom movie coming out direct to video this fall. Uh, available for pre-order now. Doom Annihilation will be out October 1st. Uh, I remember a rumor that Avengers 4 was going to be called Annihilation. I guess they stole that since it wasn't taken. Is that a video game? Doom? Yes, it is. Doom. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm pretty much zero excited about anything Doom these days. <laughs> uh, VR game was okay. I have played that. This I know this isn't a video game podcast, but uh, I love movies about hell and demons and stuff, but this series has never excited me uh, <laughs> since the 90s when the, when the original video game came out. Even when a, The Rock was... Yeah, there. The Rock. That, that movie was terrible. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, just want to let you know, if you're a Doom fan, uh, Blu-ray version of Ma starring Octavia Spencer will fe- feature Delete scenes and an alternate ending hmm. uh, and you could see you could see some of the deleted scenes in the trailers so uh, if you saw the trailer and uh, were wondering where some of those parts were they'll be uh, on the blu-ray version home video version is coming out uh, releasing August 20th sweet so it's a cool movie check mm-hmm. it out absolutely when it, when it comes out all right horror movie trivia I got one related to cabin in the woods so do I so, kind of okay uh, you want to go first go ahead go ahead I've I've talked all all the I did all the let me me, yeah let me rest my voice for a second. Okay, (laughs) Joss Whedon, one of the producers of Cabin in the Woods, right? Yeah, absolutely. Can you name the only other horror movie Josh Whedon wrote? 
Cloverfield? I'll give you a hint. No, that's... We uh, talked about it with our friend Kessler a couple episodes back. Okay. Uh, we uh, That was... Uh, Cabin in the Woods and... No, not uh, Cabin Fever? No. No, what did we talk... We talked about Alien with him, but I don't remember. It was. Really? 1997's Alien Resurrection. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Wh- who am I thinking of with... Uh, I, I'm going to big trouble for saying Cloverfield there. Who was who who? that again? J.J. Abrams? B.J.J. Abrams, that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, I get those two mixed up. All right, uh, this video game, was speaking of video games, uh, was meant to have a tie-in with the film Cabin in the Woods, and several monsters from the game can be seen in the elevator cells at the end of the movie. Resident and, Evil. Uh, good guess, but it was Left for Dead. Uh, oh. MGM's financial problems uh, prompted the tie-in to, uh, tie to be scrapped, but Valve, uh, the video game studio, allowed them to use the monsters in the final cut of the film, and you can see them in those elevators. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's what I love about that movie, though. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's really an uh, interesting movie. So, mm-hmm. You want to okay. talk about Cabin in the Woods, or you want to talk about Open Grave? Well, let's do Cabin in the Woods first. Okay, so Cabin in the Woods was recommended to us by Nicole Adams, mm-hmm. from our, our Facebook listeners. page. Yep, from our Facebook page. Uh, so she uh, suggested we watch this. Um, I guess uh, uh, this is a movie that originally I didn't really like, and I think the like the beginning turned me off. Like when I initially saw it, I didn't really get it. And I, uh, I know Whedon and the I think that was the director's name is uh, like Drew Goddard or something like that. Uh, uh, they wanted you to yes, think like you. Is. They wanted you to think like you'd walked into the wrong movie uh, when you initially <laughs> when you initially uh, see that first scene with uh, with the. Uh, uh, two office workers there, um, one played by uh, uh, Richard Jenkins. He's a mm-hmm. pretty famous uh, character actor. So um, <clears throat> so right away in the movie, should you want me to give the synopsis? Sure, maybe? sure. Okay, right away in the movie, we're introduced to a couple office workers who are headed to work at some kind of facility. Uh, there's really no indication that it's a horror movie at all until the uh, very dramatic freeze frame and the title on it actually does show that you're going to see a movie called Cabin in the Woods. So uh, it's these two guys talking to the guys talking about like uh, what like baby locks and his uh, his wife's going to have a baby and yep. she's locked up all of the drawers and cabinets with mm-hmm. these. Uh, we, we actually have them at home too to keep the dog out of the trash. But uh, <laughs> film then cuts to a couple of teenagers who are getting ready for a trip to a cabin. Uh, you have all the stereotype characters from an 80s slasher here, the jock, the slut, the intellectual, the Joker stoner, and, of course, the virtuous Virgin. final girl. Yeah. Uh, this becomes uh, important later on. You find out that it's a commentary on horror movies, exactly uh, horror right. movie tropes, and uh, being about the state of uh, horror movies in this very particular part time in history, uh, in, right after the 2000s, uh, as we went into, went into the 20-teens. Was an interesting time in horror, uh, and this is kind of a, uh, you find out that it is kind of a uh, uh, movie about that era. Uh, You find out that the office workers are actually controlling the behavior of the teens, and there is a kind of contained force field protected area in which they're going to kill all or most of the teens in a uh, prescribed manner. Mm -hmm. Turns out they are doing this to prevent the end of the world by a group they call the Old Gods. So uh, that's kind of the premise of the movie. And uh, as always on Horror 4, we're going to have a whole bunch of spoilers here. So if you haven't seen this, then uh, you'll want... Pause it. Yeah. Watch it. Come back. You'll want to come back and, and watch it later. So... Um, yeah, Joss Whedon uh, in, produced uh, and wrote the screenplay. Drew Goddard uh, wrote it with him and directed it. Mm-hmm. Stars Chris Hemsworth before he came really Thor. huge as Thor. Yeah, I think, uh, and, and Kristen Connolly, of course, before House of Cards. 
uh, got a delayed release, I think, because of these financial problems we were talking about in MGM. That's right. right. It was actually made in 2009. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. released until 2012. Uh-huh. And I think it came out after Thor, though, correct? Yeah, because Thor was 2011, maybe? 2010, 2011. Yeah. So Chris Hemsworth is already a pretty big star as Thor, or or that, well, you know, the first Thor was, uh, he was a a bigger star than he would have been uh, when this movie uh, got made. But uh, very Scream-like in that it commented on a very particular time in horror. the movie was very much about where Scream was about the post slasher era. This is really kind of about the post Eli Roth torture porn era of the late 2000s, you know. Right. I saw a quote from Joss Whedon. What he wanted to do is revitalize the slasher film mm-hmm. and be a critical satire on the torture porn. Right. Exactly. So, and that's exactly what this movie did. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> It was made on a budget of $30 million, which is a pretty good me, budget. It, for it's, a horror it, that's movie. a very healthy budget yeah. because there is a lot of CGI in this, mm-hmm. but it made it, it doubled it because it, yeah. at the box office, $66.5 million. Yeah. They, they did ask him if there would be a sequel. Yeah. And he said, Did you see the end of the movie? <laughs> exactly right. So. Well, Hollywood will figure out a way. You know, yeah, something, I guess so, something yeah. happened and something <laughs> survived, and you know, and we'll get more into that. To me, I, I I I like the beginning of it. I you're right. I think at the beginning of the movie, you, you don't have the idea that you're going to watch a horror movie, even right. though you may have heard about it. Um, it is Richard Jenkins. It's Bradley Whitford too. Yes. Uh, the uh-huh. two scientists that are walking, they're just right. chit chatting. They're in some sort of facility, and then all of a sudden, boom! You're going into a horror movie. It is about five college friends um, just getting ready to go to the cabin in the woods. Right. <laughs> and like I said, I, I did not like it, and I think it might have, maybe the uh, beginning turned me off. I, I think I'm not sure that I've. I'm sure I watched the entire movie before, but that's why I wanted to watch it again because I didn't appreciate it the first time. I, I don't think. And looking back with where horror was at the time, um, I, I think uh, it, it's it's a much better movie than I initially thought it was. I actually wasn't really looking forward to watching it. I'm glad that uh, Nicole recommended it so that we could uh, so I could check it out again. Right. But uh, um, you know, that was an interesting time in horror history. Uh, horror moved kind of more towards intense, shocking things like Hostel, Human Centipede. Our favorite movie, the Serbian film, had just come out. Uh, I think uh, right. I think what Whedon was trying to say is that, you know, and maybe that's the reason I didn't like it, because I was uh, the audience was kind of like the demon that needed to be appeased by the suffering and death of these people on screen, you know? I, uh, I read, I did, it was like, it was some... You know, some other perspectives of the movie that you realize at the end, if you're really paying attention to it, that you, the audience, you, the viewer, right. are the bad guy. Yes. Right. You're the antagonist. Yeah, absolutely. You, the, we're the old gods that, that insist horror be this way or whatever. It's, exactly it's what right. And, you know, and the other thing, some of the other characters are kind of the opposite of what you expect. You know what I mean? It, it's the tropes are there. Yeah. But they always throw curveballs at you. And I'm not really familiar with Josh Whedon. I've seen a few of his things, but it seems to me that he always throws something interesting in there that that, that makes you really enjoy it that much more. Right. Because he's got kind of this he's got kind of this humorous 
uh, geeky brain that he throws in there, and that's really smart. And if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss it. Right. So, um, well, I think the characters. Am I correct in that uh, the characters are really kind of manipulated by these scientists to be the tropes? Because it showed like Chris Hemsworth was showing uh, his his uh, no, he was showing the virtuous girl uh, uh, played by Kristen Connolly, showing her like a book and telling her about it in the beginning. So he's in a dumb jock. He's yeah. really kind of a intellectual or whatever. And uh, they had put something into the hair dye of the uh, girl when she dyed her hair blonde to make her stupid, right? Well, yeah, it, it was all pheromones and stuff <laughs> yeah, like exactly. that. So, so you're so, right. And, and that's how, you know, that's kind of how the story arcs is that, you know, these people are, the, these people are chosen right. to, to be the trope of of a horror movie because you need to a b and c to appease the gods yeah um, right. the leader is known as the director it's to appease the ancient ones yes right so um the director happens to be sigourney weaver she shows up at the end which is exactly, which is pretty awesome i love that I, I loved it too actually i heard it was supposed to be jamie lee curtis oh. <laughs> i think that would have been more awesome but hey yeah. sigourney weaver was pretty awesome that was, Absolutely. That was pretty great. i love that part um yeah. so so i think are they I mean, are they trying to say that, uh, that we can't have a character like a smart jock and we can't have a character like a smart blonde or we have to do this? And that's why this has to be manipulated. Because he says something about Richard Jenkins character says something about there has to be free will uh, and they have to choose it. Uh, themselves as well but right. they're behind the scenes ma- manipulating all this well, so is it really, really their free will that's doing it not not really well I, uh, I i think i think what it does is it taps into their i guess their their worst instincts maybe mm-hmm, you, right. you know maybe they're being manipulated that way but they don't have to choose they can just they have that within themselves and it's like with anybody that that gets angry about something you know as a human being that you've got to get yourself away from that situation so you don't do something your animalistic in your animalistic instincts don't kick into where you're going right. to be like that so i i, I well, think it was a little bit there's, of that. there's also that one scene where chris hemsworth is like got to stick together we got to be smart about this and then they manipulated him into uh, uh spreading out oh, you know, yeah, they well, made him do something let's they, go this way you go that yeah, way <laughs> exactly so it was like you know they were they're saying that hey we're kind of stuck on this on these rails because you demand this so the gods will not be happy if right. if we have them stick together we we can't you know uh s- separate them out and kill them all mm-hmm. and, then, and then you know the uh the whole ending too uh i think you know that it's the joker uh you know, a pothead guy who actually does get the girl at the end of the, the, the exactly end of the right. world. But they, you know, they yeah. sit there. The virtual, <laughs> right. the uh, the pure girl right. makes it to the end. So that trope holds on true. Right. But you know, it's like the stoner, the the Joker guy. Right. He's like, whoa, okay, so he survived because normally it's the jock or the dumb jock. You right. know, he's like there to protect, and he ends up getting killed. But they make it together, and uh, right, man, <laughs> I gotta say, uh, this movie. I think you're right at the beginning. I, I, you know, it's slower pace. Well, not slower, but it's like it's got this weird kind of beginning. But to me, I don't know if I was so much scared. I was entertained throughout. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, really no. entertained. I, I, I didn't find this not a lot of jump scares. Uh, the f- best part to me was that where they brought all the different kinds of monsters out yeah I, I would agree that was a great part of it it They're, was fantastic i mean yeah. it was, they didn't necessarily you know say 
this is Jason or this is Freddy, but right. they had a giant King Cobra. They had the zombies. They had the people that looked like from was, the strangers. Yeah, there was like the fake pinhead who had yeah, the saw, yeah, exactly. saw blades in his face. That was pretty great. Yeah, I, I love that part. Yeah, and it was just, it was like, wow. So, so you have all these monsters and and you realize that they're setting up for scenarios all over the world. You know right. what I mean? To, to appease the gods and then... Well, and, and there was like an international kind of uh, bent to it, too, where like you had these these Japanese, the all Japanese the other countries had beaten their system. Yeah. And like the Japanese, it had those Japanese schoolgirls girls who yeah. had who had contained the demon or whatever. Yeah. And that was kind of playing to the Japanese movie stereotypes. <laughs> I thought I thought that was really funny. Oh, it's like, yeah, all of these different places, you know, because it was like Italy and all the places where you, you hear from uh, where horror movies come from, you know, Italy, Japan, those kind of places and they had all beaten it right. and and you know they showed part of the japanese movie and it was very much like a juan or something. yeah exactly it was pretty the, great the creepy lady <laughs> crawling thing. right right so. i didn't really think the movie was scary at all i think no. it's more of a more uh, has more worth as uh like a commentary on horror right. it's like scream you know i didn't yeah. scream was the first scream wasn't really scary necessarily but it was a great movie because of the comments it was making about horror at the time and i think this does the same thing and it, i mean correct me if i'm wrong I, I don't know i feel like in 2013 right after this movie and i don't think it's because of this movie but maybe uh in 2013 horror kind of changed that's when the Conjuring came out. There was less of you didn't see like uh, remakes of I Spit on Your Grave, Last House on the Left, and Hills Have Eyes, those kind of things. That was all kind of done with. Right. And I feel like the, you know, like when we look back, maybe 10, 15 years from now, that'll be kind of a a turning point where horror changed a little bit. Yeah. You know, James Wan came on the scene with Conjuring. I think uh, you know now we have more influence from Blumhouse Productions. They have a certain type of horror, and it's very different than the horror we had at the end of the uh, uh, 2010s. You know, into the in, you know into into the 20, 2011, 2012, You had some of these movies too, but maybe keep uh, gearing towards more of that that psychological. Yeah. You know, and like when you have slasher movies now, they don't really i think torture porn is kind of out you know the movies like hostile touristas uh stuff like that not that there's anything wrong with those movies and we've talked about those sure. and that's certainly a valid era of horror They're, those movies have their have their place in the horror lexicon but um i feel like it's just a little different uh after 2013 once conjuring comes out and i think this movie is saying something about everything prior to you know the the way the the place where horror was in 2012 when this was made right uh and um you know if you don't remember what that was like and uh, then maybe it's just it is what it is to you it's just a movie about some scientists who manipulate things behind the scenes but i think it really has something to say about the state of horror at that time and what the audience was demanding. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, I, yeah, I get where you're going. Yeah. I think no, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, we had movies like uh, what Paranormal Activity was 2007, something like that, which I think was a groundbreaking, changing oh, sure. movie. You know, so and you know, Grudge Juan, those those weren't torture porns or uh -huh. anything like that. They, uh, those were in, influenced by Japanese movies, so they were very different. Uh, yeah, and I think that, but that also but, opened Hollywood to look at these other movies, yeah. like you know causing the ring like right. ringu and yeah and but i think he's like that yeah until like around this era horror was really kind of getting uh more and more eli roth was kind of uh creating a lot more of there was a lot more violence and a lot more 
of what we would say, you know, torture pornish kind of stuff. And it kind of went away from that after 2012, I think. Yeah. I think you saw less of that. And maybe there were still some in 2013. Uh, I know that Evil Dead remake is mm-hmm. 2013. That's kind of been accused of being one, but uh, which I don't agree with. I but, just think it's a, a violent horror yeah, movie. Yeah, I think it's a violent it. horror movie. But uh, Right, exactly. But uh, I think it kind of steered away from those kind of horror movies sure. at that time. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't know. I, no, could, I agree uh, with you. I, I, but, I think uh, it really did. Um, you know, Eli Roth did kind of revolutionize that, that torture porn thing. And then yeah. there was this... But it's like any moment of time that that you that you look at and you know what's the genre out now right no will will the slasher movie make a comeback maybe it's that success that that james wan had with the conjuring and and movies like that and then you saw so many movies like this where it was all paranormal and psychological and it's just like okay so this is our. This is what we're doing now. It's like now. I mean, well, kinda, I, yeah. I think you could criticize this era of horror too for being kind of cookie cutter, and everything is about you well, know everything is a uh, you know something a riff on the uh, Conjuring. Well, basically. it's got to start somewhere, you know. I mean, yeah. to me, it's a guy like right. Jordan Peele starts out with Get right. Out, and I think maybe that's the direction that horror movies you, is going to go. I think it's you're the, very right there. You, the social I think you commentary. Are yeah, you're absolutely right. The ho- horrific things of the social lifestyle i mean it's it's you're gonna see a lot more of those movies i think yeah well and i think more than any other genre horror has like uh you know it's very tropey very cookie cutter uh, you know <laughs> there's a true. lot of there's something successful comes out and you see 20 different variations of it you know like oh, like yeah. paranormal activity uh it, it's it's very much a genre that is copied uh in, in, ad infinitum until they can't make money on it anymore yeah, that's right. and i feel like I don't know if it's because of Cabin in the Woods, but I think Cabin in the Woods had some kind of criticism that was maybe broiling at the time, mm-hmm. and it changed the direction of of that horror went in in 2013 and beyond. Well, the audience tells Hollywood, yeah, I mean, absolutely, I, I, right, and and mm-hmm. you know the fact that it doubled its budget, yeah, they went, oh wait, hold on a second, we've got to stop doing these and we got to start doing these, right? <laughs> so so they make it on thirty million dollars, they make sixty six million dollars, like oh. Okay, wait. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't. I don't know. I, I. I think it's a. It's a really great commentary of that time. I don't think it's a scary movie. I think no. it's a very well done movie. Obviously, it's got a really decent budget, and it. it you know that shows. You can tell it's a much more quality movie than I'm used to watching right now. To me, to me very entertaining movie. I mean, again, absolutely. This is actually one of those ones that you can watch. It it, it does have gore in it, mm-hmm. but oh, you're, yeah. not, you're not going to look away. You're actually going to have some fun with this one. Well, I think that's a commentary on the gore that we had at that time, too. You <laughs> exactly. know, it was like, hey, this is, a, you know, the, the comment that, uh, well, it doesn't matter if she lives or dies, but she has to suffer. You know? yeah. <laughs> was, exactly. Or uh, Bradley Whitford. I just want to see the merman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. He ends up being killed by the yeah, merman. Right. <laughs> Uh, then they say something about uh, well, there's a real cleanup problem with the merman. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. Right, shoots like, all that blood out of his bowl bowl bowl. or something like that. Yeah, that and that was, was pretty funny. Like when all the monsters came through, <laughs> and just that the whole hallway's bloody and yep, yeah. limbs are falling everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. 
Uh, no, it was. It's a great movie. I, uh, I think it, it really, I, I've really changed my opinion of it in, on this second watch. So. I gave it a two and a half. I, a very solid two and a half. Yeah. I give it, I actually give it a three just okay. because it, it has a real commentary. I think it's a very well done movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is really entertaining and, and funny too. I think more than being scary, it's, it's, it's funny, which is, you know, has its place in horror too. There's, oh, yeah. there's a lot of comedy in in horror and uh you will find yourself you know, chuckling yeah you will movie. definitely laugh at this so movie, nicole so. good pick on that yeah, uh, a very solid movie so uh, nicole recommends it and both mm-hmm. andy and i recommended it as well yeah uh, we also got another recommendation for a 2013 movie called open grave now andy and i were trying to figure out is it open grave is it open <laughs> right. graves because there's like three different movies for it so we found the 2013 movie very low yes. budget very very underrated movie i would agree Jason, Jason Pennington, by uh, the way, Jason did. He is the one who uh, suggested this movie to us. I'm glad he did because I would have never watched this movie. I wouldn't have either. I mean, even when um, you look at the score of 19 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that, I'm really surprised by that because I, you know, John came into my office this morning. He was like, man, I, I really loved Open Grave. And I, I was I felt the same way about it, you know, Um and uh, yeah, like I said, there's there's a movie called Open Graves. This is Open Grave. There's only one grave in this movie yeah that's, that's one, open one. So, it's exactly. a real big open grave but uh should i give, go run through yeah, the synopsis yeah, you're, okay you're the synopsis guys. so a guy wakes up in an open grave a mass grave and a woman throws him a rope to let him out uh he can't remember anything the woman doesn't speak any english she takes him to this house where there's about a half a dozen other people who can't remember anything either uh, some she's of, mute. Yes, she, she, she is mute. Speak, uh-huh. but she just uh, she's mute. Right, right, exactly. Uh, she and she does not speak any English. She's writing down some kind of uh, looks like maybe Chinese. Yeah, yeah. Um, that. Uh, um, uh, they can't decipher. Uh, some of them have their driver's licenses, so they at least know their names, but this guy doesn't even know that about himself. Right. Uh, he doesn't have his driver's license. Uh, there's some kind of plague that affects people's brains, uh, turns them into violent, um, not really zombies, which is why I was able to stand the movie. <laughs> yes, zombie-ish people. It makes them catatonic and violent. Yeah. Let's, just, uh, let's just say that. Uh, Throughout the movie, it seems like they have maybe punished this guy by throwing him in there, and he feels he feels like he might have done something terrible. He's yep. not sure. Uh, you aren't really sure whether or not you should hate the guy, or maybe he caused all of this problem. Uh, real interesting twist, I thought, on this kind of storytelling, uh, where you don't really know what's happening. You get a little information piece by piece as the story goes along. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was they did a really effective uh, job of that. It's not really an original idea, but they did a really good job at it. Um, and I think it, that can be very, very enjoyable when there's a good payoff. And I thought this did a good job of giving us, you know, once you know, knew the whole story and all was said and done, I thought it was very satisfying yeah. uh, uh, with the, I was very satisfied with the conclusion. So, um, well, I, I love the character buildup of this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it starts off with this one guy, which by the way, lead character of uh, district nine. Yes, that's right. Um, He's a, um, South African actor named uh, uh, Char- Char- Charlton Copley. Yeah, that's it. So. And the guy was great. Yeah, I, th- and, I thought he was really good. Yep. And you don't know which way the characters are going. And, and right. the buildup of them starting to remember things, they'll see something, you know, just having a flashback and, and, you know, what's going on. And they just remember bits and pieces. I thought the zombie zombie-ish type people were great because they yeah. actually had feelings to them. Yeah. Like they right. were upset, but then they have this rage buildup where they need to attack. And it's right. just, you know, um, there was a, a really effective scene where, 
uh, uh, one of the he ends up being one of the scientists um, goes into this room where this woman's locked up and, and her daughter's dead. Right. And mm-hmm. she's looking at her or are the guys looking at her? And he's like, I know your name. It was Karen or something yeah. like that. You're Karen. I mm-hmm. remember you. Yep. And she looks up at him and she's so, so upset, but then she gets into that rage thing. So I thought right. it was really interesting the way they did that. Yeah, no. I, and there, there was a lot of great jump scares in this movie. I oh, thought. very gosh, effective yeah. ones. And I don't, you know, we're pretty hardcore uh, horror veterans. We don't, and I don't. It does that stuff usually doesn't affect me? Right. It did. I like. I actually did jump in this movie mm-hmm. uh, when uh, that guy was on the uh, razor wire on the barbed wire or whatever. Oh, he was yeah. uh, caught in the barbed wire and uh, like he's just kind of. Uh, you don't know if he's like a victim and the guy tries to help him and then all of a sudden he. he but that's exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Is yeah. is again, you know, he kills the guy. Yeah. So stabs him in the neck. Mm-hmm. And there's some there's some really effective violence in this. Oh right? yeah. But yeah. yeah, a guy stuck on barbed wire. He's one of the zombie-ish people. See, that's a that yeah. should be a word. Zombie-ish. zombie-ish. You're not a zombie. <laughs> he's not You're really zombie-ish. a zombie. No, right. Uh-huh. But but he's like he's screaming for help. Right. But he's still stuck there, and, yeah. and he's hurting. Yeah. But his his reaction to seeing the guy that's that's not affected is kill him. Like anger, yeah, yeah exactly. Just, uh-huh. And then then he feels bad again, and uh-huh. he's stuck. He's like, oh, I'm hurting. I realize this yeah. hurts. Yeah. No, it was it was it was that was what when when I when I looked at this movie, I thought it was a zombie movie. It is not a zombie movie. You know, there's no, not like no, it's not. hordes of zombies chasing people around and stuff. It's no. it's uh, it's it's more about the characters and the yep. uh you know the narrative of the story i think than uh and finding out what's going on and what what's happened and i think it, it's kind of like i don't know a little bit of a mystery going on you know mm-hmm. and i thought it did a really good job at that so i, I was really kind of surprised by the reviews of this movie yeah. yeah i me too i totally i'm totally surprised by you spoiler alert <laughs> again we're gonna spoil this movie for yeah. you uh turn it off watch open grave and then come back to it yeah. the end of the movie you realize that all these people are trying to help. Yes. They're trying to, to trying to get rid of this virus. Exactly. But there is actually an antagonist who's the government or or it's like the government or military. Yeah, some kind of mili- yeah, military um, presence or something like that. Uh, they just come in and take any survivors out. Bam, right. bam, 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 bam. I right. mean they, they have no you don't even see their faces. They're right. just, they got gas masks right. on, they've got assault weapons and take taking whoever they can out. Uh, they end up remembering who they are. You realize what they had done is to survive is give themselves this uh, antidote, which causes them to go in like almost a coma right? or almost like half dead. Because mm-hmm. when they wake up at the beginning of the movie, you hear the guy's bones cracking. So yeah. like rigor mortis is setting in. So you don't know. I, I, I guess they never really explained of how long he was like that. Right. But he would get up and his bones are cracking and he just he has no memory and he does it again. Yes. Uh, you realize that this mute girl is actually the, the you know, the answer to it because right. she's immune to everything. Mm-hmm. So, so her blood, her blood was used to make this serum. Right. Which causes uh, I, I think it's a temporary memory loss because their memories start coming back to them. Right. Uh, so, you know, they, they inject themselves with this. It causes you to become unconscious. And when you wake up, you don't remember anything mm-hmm. for it seems like a prescri- like a like a rather long period. It's not like a couple days. Yeah, maybe yeah. Uh, you don't remember anything. And uh, the the. You know, the doctor it gets tossed in this in this open grave mm-hmm. um, because somebody has, uh, you know, their their antidote is worn off and they've grown, grown angry at him or whatever. Or, uh, so he gets thrown back in there and uh, 
Right. <laughs> and uh, the the woman comes, the woman who's immune to it comes to rescue him again. So. Well, see, I thought that was, yeah, that was kind of silly to me that, you know, it was it was the same scene kind of over. And right. I don't know, maybe I'm just being over. It goes in there like three times, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you're like, oh my, again? <laughs> right. But I thought overall the storyline was rock solid. And I, I it agree. Was, it was just, I mean, that was, I'll tell you, Karina loved it. Yeah, she watched the whole thing and she's just like, "That was good." Yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was when I was finished watching this movie. I, I would did not was not I was not looking forward to watching this. I, I held off on it for like sorry, a Jason. long time. Yeah, sorry, Jason. I have to apologize, Jason, because it is a good movie. I enjoyed it. Wow, very, very rock solid. Um, so what are you thinking? I think I'd give it. I think I give this one three stars as well. I mean, it's an enjoyable movie. Uh, it held my interest. Like at. Uh, I watched it really late at night and I was like, oh, I, I really want to find out what happens here. So, you know, I actually stayed up a little past my bedtime to, to finish it because Andy's I really wanted to. guy, by the yeah, way. That, no, I'm just well, my bedtime kidding. is one o'clock in the morning. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> so I'm not that old. But, you know, I, st- I stayed up till about 1 30 watching this. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it was. Uh, it held my interest, and I really wanted to find out what was going on. And like I said, I at the end, um, I was satisfied with the with the ending that I got and the explanation for everything that I'd been trying to figure out during this movie. Exactly. So. Well, I actually changed mine to a three point mm-hmm. five. So oh, okay. I, I'm going three and a half because I think it's a rock solid movie. I think okay. you will really really enjoy this. The runtime is short. Yeah, an hour and or uh, hundred and two minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. It is hour and what 30 40 yeah it's hour 42 i think yeah. so start watching it before 11 30 like yeah I so like so. so like andy and not go to bed after 1 30 but i think it's a rock right. solid movie so i Jason. agree for the budget it had i think it's a great movie because yeah. it probably it looks like it was maybe made with a million dollars maybe that's if that that's, if that well let's see uh, uh, i'm just looking right here i've got it yeah, I didn't only see. said it made uh four hundred and eighty nine thousand eight hundred and twelve they might have made a profit on it because uh it, it is a obviously um, budget movie. I mean, it's it's a cheap. It's not a cheaply made movie, and I, I want to be careful. How I say that it, it's done very well, but you can tell they didn't spend a lot, you know, on sets or anything like that. Did so. you find it interesting at the beginning of the movie? I know we're jumping around here, but you know, he gets up and the bones cracking and stuff like that. But just the things he had in his pocket, right? You know, he had the lighter. Uh, he had a gun. Yes. And what was the <laughs> other thing? Oh, didn't he have a syringe? Yeah, I think he had the syringe of the the stuff, right? Yeah, and he just woke up and he's just like, "What's going on here?" Yeah. I mean, I mean, to me, that would be the most frightening thing on the no planet. No kidding, you right? Just ha- you don't know who you are. You don't know where you <laughs> right. are. You're or you're, you're you aware. There. You're around dead people. Yes, and it's dark. Yeah, and it's cold. Mm-hmm. And it's like that. That to me was it, that just opened up, gave me a sense of dread of like, oh gosh, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, and the I end think- of the movie's phenomenal because they pan out and you just. Like Andy said, it's one big open grave. I mean, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of body in one big hole. Right. So it was really good. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for that. I also want to thank Nicole uh, from Facebook. Uh, two solid movies. That was a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll uh, end up doing Listener's Choice here probably. Uh, I don't know. Do it again. Yeah, those, yeah. those were some really cool recommendations, and maybe, I probably wouldn't have watched those. Maybe around Halloween. Let's, yeah, maybe let's let's do let's, that. we, we let's, could do let's that around, do around Halloween. Choice around Halloween, depending like on what. 
number episode that is. Sounds like a good idea. Uh, coming so, up next week, I think, Andy, you're going to go try to watch one? I think I'm going to go see Midsummer. Yeah, I'm real excited to see this movie, and I haven't got to check it out yet. Yeah, so. Again, do not look at anything, because it will get spoiled for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah no, I'm not going it, to. I still haven't. <laughs> to me, it got really good reviews, and I, I've seen nothing but great things being said about it, That's that it's different. Yep. Um, you know, the guy that did uh, Heredity, hereditary yep. did this yep. and it's it looks really really good i think i'm gonna look for something on shutter cool. uh, coming up episode 25 where we've been talking about this a little bit that we are going to do best of the worst <laughs> there's, there's a lot of the worst out there that we've <laughs> no, certainly watched movies, lately there are movies that are so bad that you actually enjoyed yeah. it and you, you're just like yeah i gotta give it a, give it a whirl i just say night beast man it's it's a terrible terrible movie, but I I but like you it. loved it. <laughs> See, I'm almost thinking that uh, uh, Blood Harvest was one of mine. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I I enjoyed the experience of watching Blood yeah, Harvest. Yeah, I mean, too. I couldn't it's give it a high. It's an awful movie. It, it was fun. I mean, <laughs> it I'm was, <laughs> just the, the end of that. All right, hey, we All got right. episode number 21 coming up on Friday. Uh, yep. So we will uh, we will talk to you in just a couple of days. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Horror Forum podcast.